Good morning, everyone. Hey, welcome. My name is Ted, I'm the lead pastor here at Access, and if I haven't met you before, hope to get to meet you soon. I uh, want to give you a very warm welcome to our Sunday morning gathering. You know, everything we do here on a Sunday is meant to help you connect with the living God, who is connected with us through his son, Jesus. And so whether it's an announcement or a song or a prayer or this message that we're going to hear, we hope that you will journey deeper with God. Uh, I get to do a couple of introductions this morning, uh, some very cool introductions, I think. First, I get to introduce Will Shiel. He's here from Plant with Purpose, so let's give him a warm welcome. We get to borrow Will for the morning uh, from his family, uh, his wife Courtney and his two kiddos, Tennyson and August. You can ask him about the, his kiddos later. Uh, but Will has been with Plant With Purpose since earlier this year and is pretty much plunged into the deep end with Plant With Purpose. Uh, he uh, gets the baton pass from Valerie. Many of you remember Valerie. She's been here many times and was our, our representative for years. And uh, she is now living in Canada. So she is still with Plant With Purpose doing some wonderful research work. Um, but I'm sure we'll can connect you with her later if you'd like that. Um, I also get to introduce to you one of my favorite organizations, which is Plant With Purpose. Now, early in the life cycle of access, we created a partnership. We ventured into a partnership. We we're a small church, but we started investing with Plant With Purpose to help people in Tanzania. We did that for the course of like 10 years, and that village has learned uh, farming techniques. It's learned uh, to save money. It's learned to do a lot of different things over the years through Plant With Purpose, and we're a part of their story of moving out of poverty. So we're really excited about that. And then more recently, a couple years ago, we started a new project here at uh, Access supporting a village, a watershed in Haiti. So Will's gonna give us a little bit more information on that later, but um, for now, we're gonna see a video that gives us a little bit of an uh, idea of it, and then Will's gonna give us our message. All right. All right. Um, good morning. And I, hopefully I don't blow you all out, sorry. Uh, I tend to speak kind of loud. Um, I just want to reintroduce myself. My name is Will Scheel. I am the regional representative here in Houston for Plant With Purpose. Um, and I just want to start by saying thank you. Uh, I want to thank everybody that made me coming here a possibility and to come and share with y'all today, to worship with y'all today. I'm really, really grateful for that opportunity. And I love seeing so many people here. I love being back uh, with people. It has been a long, long time for me. Uh, so I'm incredibly grateful for that. I also want to say thank you again to all of Access, the entire Access community, for y'all's enduring and faithful partnership of over 14 years. As Ted said, y'all supported a village, a community in Tanzania for 10 years, from the moment we started our work there until they were ready for us to move to work with another community. And now, since 2018, y'all have been helping support us in the Cornillon uh, watershed in Haiti, which is on the border of Haiti and the Dominican Republic. So stories simply without your support, stories like Gladys and Esteban's that y'all just watched would not be possible. So from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of the entire Plant With Purpose family, thank you. Um, so my hope for today, I'm gonna give y'all a little bit of a roadmap. My hope for today is to hopefully accomplish two things. First, I wanna share a little bit more about how God is at work through our work at Plant With Purpose. 
And then second, with the last little bit of my time, I kind of want to build on the theme that y'all have been talking about for the last few weeks of spiritual renewal and spiritual restoration. And hopefully give y'all maybe one more tool to consider using in your toolkit. All right. So the best place to start for me then is to kind of cons- uh, bring everything down into our mission statement uh, from everything that y'all heard from Gladys and Esteban. And that is this. We at Plant With Purpose are a Christian nonprofit organization that focuses on reversing deforestation and poverty by transforming the lives of the rural poor. Now, why rural poor and why are we working on poverty and deforestation? Well, the main reason for that is because it's estimated that about 85% of the global poor, the world's most vulnerable, live in rural areas and rely on agriculture as their primary source of uh, sustenance, of to grow, they grow their own food, and that is all of the ways in which they um, generate any income is through what they grow off of their land. So 85% of the global poor translates to about 1 billion people currently. Um, And what we have learned is that agricultural development is one of the most powerful tools that we have to end extreme poverty. So globally, we have been making great strides in reducing percentages of the people living in extreme poverty. Um, I think it's estimated that in the two decades since 1999, uh, we have seen the number of people living in extreme poverty decrease by about 1 billion people worldwide, um, which is a fantastic accomplishment. However, um, I have to say that part of the success is due to be reversed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Latest estimates are that probably in this year alone, 100 million people will find themselves back in extreme poverty as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, in addition to that, there is the issue of climate change, which brings an additional challenge to the global poor because it threatens to cut crop yields for those global poor by an additional 25%, um, which ultimately means that the poorest and the most vulnerable among us those who've done the least to contribute to this problem are going to be the ones that are most impacted by it. This is why we at Plant With Purpose have chosen to work with the global poor and to educate them on agriculture and economic empowerment. Now, how do we do that? We use basically three broad themes and we do education and training across these three categories. The first is environmental restoration and the second is economic empowerment. And the third, which we'll be spending the majority of our time on today, is spiritual renewal. Um, How we do that is by working in communities. And once we go into a community, we identify about 25 to 30 individuals that we want to work with, and we form what's called a purpose group. And then we get to work. We start educating them across those three categories that we talked about. And the first one I'll get into is the environmental curriculum that we call our Seeds of Change curriculum. And it includes modules like... Um, let's see, like soil fertilization and how to conserve soil. We're teaching them about conservation agriculture, and a huge part of what we teach them is agroforestry, um, as well as how to plant trees. And the reason for this is because trees contribute to so many positive impacts on both the land and the lives of the rural poor. They provide clean water, they increase healthy soil, they increase food security by creating diversity of crops, They stabilize weather activity and they provide a natural weather barrier to the land and the soil when issues like tropical storms come through. So 
How do we educate them through uh, that? We get, break them up into farmer field schools, which you can see there. This is an opportunity for our local farmers to test and co-develop regenerative agriculture techniques that work best in their context. We are by no means going in and telling them this is the only way. We want them to go and experiment and figure out what works best in their context so that they can ultimately achieve the greatest impact. And what we've learned through the environmental restoration piece of our work is that as they implement our methodologies using their experimentation, across all of our programs, we've seen a measurable increase in crop yields of 37%, which is a staggering amount, which gives them more than enough to ultimately support their families and then have excess that they can go take to market and sell to generate additional income. The second part of our work that I want to talk about is the savings groups. So the same purpose group that we work with that we educate across uh, our, our environmental uh, curriculum, we also are teaching them and helping them form savings and loan groups. Now, the way this works, it's not a traditional bank. We are not providing any money directly to these communities. Instead, we are giving these members an opportunity to come together and save money little by little, depositing small amounts into a village savings group. And then from that money that they deposit, members are then able to take out loans. And they will use these loans, and, and I should back up and say, the loans that they take out are taken out at a reasonable rate. I think you remember Gladys talking about the bloodsucker in the video. Um, oftentimes they'll charge exorbitant percentage rates that they can't pay back. And so this is an opportunity for them to borrow at a reasonable rate. Um, and so what they use these for, these loans for on average, is a couple of different things. Sometimes they will use it to buy livestock. Uh, sometimes they'll use it to diversify the number of crops and the types of crops that they're planting. And of course, they also will use it to start a business. You heard all of that from Gladys and Esteba. What this does is it empowers them to diversify their income, which ultimately translates to increased resiliency in the face of natural, political, and economic shocks like we have seen in the news happening to Haiti over and over and over again. Um, and that's kind of where I want to speak to next for a minute, which is our progress in Haiti. So I went back and looked at our historical data um, from July of 2018, which is roughly the year that y'all started supporting our work in Cognon, and until this July, this most recent July. Um, and these are some of the amazing statistics that I'm happy to share with y'all. First of all, you can see that we've increased the number of people that we are working with from 63,500 to just under 78,000 direct participants. Um, additionally, we've been able to plant almost 1.4 million more trees. And the number that I think is the, my favorite number is the member equity. So across all of the savings group, across all of Haiti, in July of 2018, the amount of equity they had in their savings group was just over $1.2 million. In just three years, they've increased it to just over $2.1 million. This is so much more opportunity for them to have resilience in the face of devaluation of the US dollar versus the gourd, the political instability, uh, political assassination, gang activity, tropical storms, and earthquakes. This is why we do what we do. And I will say these are some incredible outcomes for us in Haiti. However, they wouldn't be possible, and I don't think we would see near the amount of growth in tree planting and in saving and in participants participating in our work if we didn't do it, uh, include the last pillar of our work, 
which is spiritual renewal. So why do we include spiritual renewal as part of our, one of our pillars in our work? Well, first of all, we believe at Plant With Purpose that there is some eternal significance to our work. We take seriously Christ's rhetorical question in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, which says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? You know, in the West, and I am guilty of this, in the West we have become so used to a dualistic worldview where we are able to somehow separate the physical from the spiritual and to imagine that our economic or our agricultural aspects of our work are somehow spiritually neutral. That is just not the case for most of the communities where we work, and it certainly does not reflect a biblical worldview. Everything has a spiritual component, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. But additionally, uh, beyond the eternal significance, there's a practical impact as well for why we include spiritual renewal. We've learned that promoting spiritual renewal makes sense because our program interventions simply work better when the attitudes and mentality of community members are transformed and their identity in Christ is reimagined. Uh, Jaya Kumar, Christian, observed many years ago, and it's been expanded upon since then by many, many authors, this idea that poverty is not about a lack of material possessions. Poverty is about broken relationships. It's broken relationships between God and human beings, between humans and neighbors, between humans and the earth, and even the broken relationship that exists within ourselves. And the transformation of attitudes as a result of our spiritual renewal efforts has led to some of the most significant changes that you can see in these numbers. For example, savings group members who believe they've been created in God's image and given unique talents um, are, eager, are more eager to invest and to grow. Churches who leaders believe that they're working for a larger purpose have become leaders at recon reconciliation efforts in Eastern Congo, making everything else we do there more effective. And farmers who understand God's love for creation have become leaders in local reforestation efforts. Lastly, neighbors loving neighbors have made the savings groups a local center for community care and for community development. This is why we not only couple savings group with agricultural training, but we add in spiritual renewal because individually you can see increases if you just train somebody on economic empowerment or you just train somebody on um, environmental restoration. You group those two together, it increases. But it's not until you add in the changing mentalities and mindsets, the changing hearts and minds through our spiritual renewal work that we really start to see um, such a powerful response that breaks that vicious cycle that most of these people are caught in. So ultimately, what is it that we share? Well, what we share is incredibly contextual um, and we also start by recognizing that Christ and the church is already at work in every one of the communities where we work. And so we are not called to replace it. Instead, we want to come alongside the church, elevate them as the local leader that they are, and collaborate and support with them. We don't, this is also why we don't really align with any particular denomination uh, or any individual church body, nor are we trying to do anything that will replace a core uh, belief or doctrine of any church or denomination where we're working. So rather the topics that we teach are intended to strengthen the local church, strengthen and aid in its outreach, 
and provide some common ground for church factions who maybe have been in conflict. Some of the themes that we talk about include things like kingdom building, creation care, reconciliation, and a theology of work. And it's within these supplementary themes, we're really trying to create and convey simple ideas that are easily accessible regardless of whatever context they're being utilized in. For example, I'm gonna talk about our Theology of Work program, which is what we use in Tanzania, where y'all have supported us before, and across most of our Africa programs. We basically want a farmer to know a few things, right? So the first thing that we want them to know is that work is a gift from God. You know, from the very beginning in Genesis, we see God placing Adam in the garden to tend and to keep it. God could have chosen to keep the garden pristine and make it self-tending, but instead humans were invited and given a role to care for it. And even after the fall, God still chose to involve human beings in his plan of redemption. Christ is reconciling all things to God. Second, we want them to know that everyone is given a talent to use on behalf of the kingdom. For a family that depends on a couple of degraded acres that maybe grow a few potatoes, it's not always obvious that they have important talents which can be used to elevate God's kingdom here on earth. But nonetheless, it is true. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, Jesus tells a story of three servants, each of whom has received talents on loan, which they're required to use on behalf of God's kingdom. A part of the good news of the gospel is that everyone has something to contribute. Third, we want everyone that we are working with to know that they are made in the image of God, and by that, being like God, they are inherently creative. Smallholder farmers are their own bosses, they're small business owners, and by learning and applying concepts like regenerative agriculture, they're able to exercise more creativity than most wage earners. In that respect, they have a truly unique opportunity. Ultimately, we've seen few things as transformative as individuals who discover that they have something to contribute to God's kingdom. People crave purpose, and God has given us each a purpose and a vocation. So as a result of including the spiritual renewal in our work, we have seen participants uh, respond to some questions that we ask every three years. We conduct an impact study every three years. I've got a couple copies of our earlier one that evaluated between 2015 and 2018 out on the table if you want to take one home. Um, but when asked these questions uh, that kind of get to the heart of some of those uh, issues that we, we want them to think about, this is what they said. 96% agreed with the statement that our community works together to solve problems. 70% agree. My work is a good use of my talents, and I now feel pride. 95% uh, say I now feel pride in the work that I do. So this is some percentages and data and numbers, but I want to close with a story, if I may, from one of our participants that I think really shows the heart of what spiritual renewal is possible through our work. So this is Emmeline. She is one of our partnering farmers in Burundi. And these are her two kiddos. And I'm gonna just read her story in her words. It says, after being married for 18 years, my husband abandoned me. I lived a miserable life with my children and all the responsibilities for our survival fell on me. Day and night, I worked hard to feed them, to clothe them, and to make sure they could get an education. This was so difficult 
because my only source of income was traditional agriculture, and that brought in very little income, not enough to cover our family's needs. At this point, I was an abandoned woman. I was poor and unsuccessful and bitter. My life was defined by heartbreak, anxiety, and disappointment. I had little hope that I could ever recover. My hope came back when I started working with Plant With Purpose. My Plant With Purpose group has given me a chance to have close friends again, that give me access to small loans that I could use toward income-generating activities. The training I received over those years sparked a shift in my environmental practices and farming methods, the way I managed what I received, and the way I could serve God through all these different activities. Financially speaking, I became able to save small amounts of money, often, and to take out microloans. I invested these amounts in things like eggplant farming and an amaranth plot. I would take my eggplants to a small market in Merengue to sell and trade. I'm still doing this often. These projects gave me a wider and more diverse income. When farming, I applied all these techniques in soil protection and conservation. I learned from Plant Wood Purposes agricultural training. I practiced crop mulching, agroforestry, composting, and creating erosion barriers. The erosion reduced considerably, and my soil fertility improved quickly. My land became more productive, and I was able to double the size of my harvests. I started to undertake more small projects to restore the environment and to fight poverty. I succeeded. This was my faith in action. I was able to dedicate more of my time to church and family activities, knowing that all of it was in the service of God. Serving God is not limited to only church activities. My faith in God enabled me to forgive and to heal the wounds that my husband left me when he left me alone with the children. I recognize that Jesus is my faithful friend who never falls, never fails when I am in distress. I really have nothing other to add than to say I'm into that. Um, so that is kind of plant with purpose in a nutshell. Um, I have a lot of information out on the table. If y'all would like to talk more after the service, I will be outside and I would love to share and talk more about our work. Um, additionally, uh, we ha wanted to let y'all know that we have coming up on October 4th, our global virtual conference. We've got a bunch of sessions. I've got session lists that talk about all the different things that we're gonna be talking about during those virtual sessions. Uh, information about that's out on the table as well. Uh, I hope y'all will consider maybe coming along. It, it's $1 to register. That $1 actually plants one tree, uh, and then you will have access to all of the videos, including uh, our gala on Saturday night. Now, that's the Plant With Purpose stuff, and that's spiritual renewal as, it, in, uh, as it's seen and, and experienced by our partnering farmers through Plant With Purpose. So I kind of want to take just another minute to talk a little bit about that second thing that I hopefully uh, that I said I get around to, which is maybe one more tool for your toolkit. And that is the environment. I want to talk about the fact that the environment stirs our hearts to worship and connection with God, and specifically the natural world. Um, the Psalms, throughout Scripture, we see examples of biblical writers being moved to worship and wonder at creation. And additionally, Christ himself encourages us all to learn from creation. And so, as we think about that, I was reminded, or as I started thinking about that, I was reminded of this quote from George Washington Carver. It says, to me, nature is the little windows through which God permits me to commune with him and to see much of his glory by simply lifting the curtain and looking in. 
The window that I am always reminded of when I think of this quote is this one. Uh, this is my happy place. This is my special place. This is Big Bend National Park. I don't know if anybody's ever been to Big Bend. If you hadn't, I highly, highly encourage it. It's a long drive, but it's worth it. Um, and I always go with my family, which I think is an important aspect of being in the natural world, is to do it in community. It's good to do it alone, but it's also incredibly important to do it in community with those that you love. Uh, it's funny that, you know, he, he mentions the window, and this is actually, the hike that goes down to that is called, that's called the window, um, which is why that quote always makes me think about it. Um, and so this is my place. This is one place where I like to go when I am looking for an opportunity to connect with God through the natural world. But obviously, not everybody can go to the Big Bend. Not everybody can go uh, and travel this far. Um, and so during the pandemic, I found myself just getting outside and walking the bayou. Uh, we started a garden in our, in our backyard. And we've, I was telling Ted right before, we've gotten some really great okra plants that the kids like to pull off. We get like four or five every week. It's not much. It's not enough to cook. But the kids like to pull it off and just eat it raw right off the plant, which is pretty great. Um, and so with that, I just want to give you maybe a couple of ideas of how you can engage with the natural world that brings us so close to God. Um, and that is this. First, as you think about going out into the natural world to connect with God, take a minute and plan and prepare and be ready to respect and be reverent for the power of nature. Second, I'm going to suggest that you take your time. Um, slow down. Oftentimes, I know that I am just trying to move as quickly as I can through my life to get to the next task because I have a thousand more waiting for me. Carve out the time and take that time for yourself to slow down because then you can listen. And when I say listen, I mean listen to nothing. Take the AirPods out of your ears, turn off the music, turn off the podcast or the book that I always listen to when I'm out running or walking or riding my bike. And instead, choose to listen to the wind blowing through the trees. Listen to the dog barking or the bird singing and wonder in God's abundant creation. Additionally, I'm gonna say put the phone away. I took this picture, um, and this is one of the few pictures that I took, and I'm glad it's one of the only, one of the few pictures that I took, because if I'm constantly trying to see God's cre creation through a lens, I am missing the opportunity to truly connect. So put your phone away, because as you think, as personally, I don't need this picture to remember and recall Big Bend. I don't need it to recall the Chisos Basin or spending that time with my family. All I have to do is close my eyes and think about it, and I am immediately overcome with emotion, thinking not only about my family, but thinking about the ways in which God has so much abundance in the natural world for me. And I just feel more connected to God without needing that photograph. Two more things. You can also bring your Bible to study. Studying God's word out in nature is a wonderful way to connect it to the natural world. You can also journal, write through things. And lastly, if you can't get all the way out in nature, if you can't get to the bayou, consider doing something simple like planting something in the back of your yard. All of these are ways that you can start to slow down, to listen for God, and to connect with the natural world all of which have, at least for me personally, been a wonderful way when I'm feeling so overwhelmed, so anxious, so stressed to have a moment of respite in God's abundant love.
And with that, I am, that is all I have for you today. Um, so I'm going to invite Ted back up. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the tips at the very end. Uh, and you know, the weather has just changed for us here in Houston. So I encourage you, you can apply this even tonight, right? Right after dinner, take a walk out in, in your uh, neighborhood, enjoy the outdoors, maybe leave your phone behind for a few minutes and enjoy the sounds and the smells and the feel. Um, as we are wrapping up for today, um, also wanna encourage you with one thing. I'm part of a group called Access Mission Advocates. Uh, so me and Elaine and a few others are all part of that group. If you're interested in helping us connect with our partners in ministry, like Plant With Purpose or like Will, please come talk to me. Uh, consider joining the group because we are looking at adding a few more team members to, uh, to that work, and that will help facilitate some more of our partnerships. But why don't we stand together? Um, sending, there we go. And here's our sending prayer. And then on your way out, if you're new, I'd love to meet you. There's some newcomer forms outside. Also, spend some time with Will, get to know Plant With Purpose. Let's pray together. Loving God, through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it, where we envision peace and work to build it, where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. May your spirit guide us toward joy and generosity. In Jesus' name, in the way of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. See you next time. <laughs>